Welcome to Why Sew, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Becky Thompson of Power Tools with Thread. I'm really excited to speak with her today and find out why she sews. So, hey, welcome to the podcast, Becky. Hey, Jason. How are you? I am doing really, really well. I'm I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Before we get going, maybe you can let our audience know, or at least the ones that don't already know you, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, do you consider yourself a sewist, an embroiderer, a quilter, a sort of what is your, what is your main thing? And just tell us, tell us all about you. Wow. Okay. So in those categories, can I say all of the above? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So I am, I'm from South Texas. I live just Southeast of San Antonio, Texas in a little bitty town called Lavernia and not a native, but got here as fast as I could. And I'm a uh, military brat and then a military air force retiree myself. I retired from the U S air force after 20 years oh, wow. in 2003. And then I was a federal civilian for 17 years. And then from there, I had started the channel back in 2019. I have a YouTube channel called Power Tools with Thread. We have a Facebook group of Power Tools with Thread Facebook group that's got about 15,000 members in it. Nice. And my channel is just over 44,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I've also got an Instagram by the same name and a blog by the same name. And the blog's been around for a long, long time. Uh, back when I was sewing garments and whatnot. But yeah, so I I started the channel really officially in 2019 and it just took off. I think that people just want to talk to someone or listen to someone who shares the same passion that they have. So right. it's so funny. My viewers will send me pictures of them watching me on the big screen. And that's really a weird thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the, the channel got to be so successful and so busy that I fully retired from federal service in August of 2020. And this is my full-time job now. It's what I do. Nice. Uh, you're, yeah. my, you're my hero. You've retired twice now. Yeah. Well, you know, government double dippers. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta Wait till I that. start collecting social security, then we'll really be on a roll. <laughs> nice. I love it. So that's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I've, I've done 10 or 12 of these uh, podcasts so far and, and quite a few share similar stories, not all, you know, but lots of folks, this ends up being a second or third or fourth career for them. And it's just, it's just, a, it's a cool theme that I see throughout our industry where people try to turn their passion in to something more than that. And oftentimes a very successful business. So that's fantastic to, to see another one of those. Besides your business, I uh, really want to kind of dig into what drives you to do what you do. How'd you get started and that kind of stuff. So maybe you can share with us, like, what was your first memory of sewing? You know, how far back my, does that go for you? So my first memory is my mother We lived in base housing on Randolph Air Force Base, and she was sitting behind a, oh, I don't even know the make of the machine. It was a giant green heavy machine, 
And she would sit in there and, and, you know, South Texas, we didn't live, of course, this was in the early, like 1970, 69 or 70. And we didn't have air conditioning. And so, Uh, I mean, you're from the South, you know how hot, yeah, it's cruel. And uh, my mother had the window open and she had her sewing machine in our little laundry room that was only large enough for a washer and a dryer and her sewing table. And she had sweat pouring down her side of her face and all on her upper lip. And she was just going to town. She was probably sewing, I don't know, a choir dress for me or something or some, cause she sewed all my clothes until junior high. But you know, that's just, that was my first memory. And so when I got into home ec in junior high and we had sewing class, I struggled so much with that. I just couldn't get fit. I couldn't get, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a brain block or what I've since come to kind of figure out since my mother's left-handed. So to, to this day, I iron backwards. I put the ironing board backwards from everybody else because that's the way I was raised with it. <laughs> and my mother pinned backwards from righties and she cut different than righties. And so I learned looking at her, not over her shoulder, but staring at her from the front. So I learned backwards and mirrored. <laughs> ah, wow. That's a, that's a brain teaser. It was, it really was. And I, to this day, I, so I failed uh, sewing in home ec. That was not my, you know, making that skirt. And I just, I just couldn't get it to work. I, did you want to do it? Fail. I mean, Probably were, got a D you, in, the, in the assignment. Did you want to do it? Like, was it, I really yeah. want to do this. I just yeah. can't. Or just like, nah, I don't like this. I, you know, I, I don't remember being all that passionate about garment sewing in school. I do remember in the classroom that I was in, there were the stoves and the sinks and all that on the other side of the room, you know, to teach you how to cook when, when they used to do that. And boy, I couldn't wait to get over there. And I love to cook. I'm pretty good behind a spoon with a pot. I love it. So, yeah. And my mother was a fabulous cook. That would, I would consider that to be the only true professional training I've ever had in sewing. And I failed miserably at it. I did some home deck projects once I got a little older and my, my son was on the way and I was sewing his nursery and that kind of thing. But where I kind of honed my craft was literally sewing patches onto military uniforms. Okay. So, yeah, the, you know, in the military, they wanted it back then, a buck 50 a patch to, you know, one on each sleeve for your stripes. And, and I'm a retired master sergeant. So, okay. you know, then you had your name tape and U.S. Air Force and your command patch. And I mean, you could have seven, eight, nine patches on any given blouse that you were wearing. And at a buck and a half, and I was a starving staff sergeant, there was just <laughs> no way. So I, um, I I did that myself. And then I quickly discovered that other people were, um, they'd rather pay me a dollar instead of them a dollar and a half. So, I love you know, it. yeah, I was, I was making, you know, 10 bucks or so a shirt and still, and then I could knock out you know, three or five of them on a weekend and there's an extra $40, $50. So yeah, yeah. I mean, back then yeah. that mattered, you know, yeah. yeah, it definitely mattered. So once uh, I've, I've done some costuming and that's only because I had to for an event or something. And then I was watching, let's see, my first grandchild was on the way and this was back in 2010 and I was making his nursery 
And I wanted some custom bias tape to put around the sides of what they called a quilt. It was just a whole off with some crisscross hatching through it. Right. And and I, I went out on this new thing called YouTube and I was trying to see if there was a video out there of how to do that. And so I came across Jenny Doan from Missouri uh-huh. Star Quilt yeah. Company. They had just launched their business and it was one of her very first ones. And I've spoken to her personally about it too. But you know, that was one of the things where as soon as I watched the video, she was such a good instructor. And I I really liked what I saw. And that made me go, well, what else do they have out there? And the next one that came up, and my mother was not a quilter, any way, right. shape or form. She said, I've got a blanket. Who needs more? I don't want to do that. But I think her idea of quilting is way different than today. You know, she comes up from the 60s and 70s of quilting. And that was hand quilting. Make a sandwich and tack it together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't raised with any quilters in my family at all, unlike most. And so I, I was watching this video and the next one that came up from Jenny said, look at this project behind me. This is so cute and it's so fun and you can do this. And I was hooked Hmm. and I just watched everything that they had that then. And at the time, I was a big fan of a company called Woot.com, W-O-O-T. And the guys from Woot were, uh, they're from Carrollton, Texas. And their whole claim to fame was this $5 shipping on anything, whether you bought a big screen TV or you bought a little bitty, whatever, you know, that it was $5 shipping. And come to find out later, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to the industry. And I was watching one of Jenny's sons give a business. He was at a a business school and he, he was giving a speech or a talk. And he said that they were also fans of Woot and they started that $5 shipping regardless of whatever. And I thought that was really neat that the two companies that I really liked kind of modeled themselves together Yeah, before Woot got bought by Amazon. Right. But, you know, and those guys are living large now somewhere. But (laughs) yeah, so I I saw that and, and that is exactly how I built my stash was by... I want, you know, Missouri Star Quilt Company was my homepage every morning. I jumped on there and they were they were getting into that and they were revitalizing the town. And it was it was great um, just to be all. Do you know, I've never been there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's this there's this such a cool story for sure. So it, I know it really is. you said earlier that, you know, you considered your home ec class your only professional training ever. But would you say then that, because uh, it's one of the questions I always like to ask, if you had a teacher or were you self-taught, it sounds like maybe Jenny Doan was your most significant teacher. Would, would that be fair to say? Well, so Jenny Doan was my most significant teacher for quilting and then came along Craftsy. And I was all over Craftsy. I bet you I bought $1,000 worth of classes from Craftsy for sewing and quilting. And I had asked my husband for an embroidery machine. Well, he actually asked me, do you want an embroidery machine? And I said, what am I going to do with that? (laughs) And uh, he bought me, this is years and years ago, and he bought me the Brother PE770. That was my first machine, a little five by seven hoop, you know. I had no clue. And it literally sat in my sewing room on a table behind me for three years. And then with Craftsy, 
when that came out, I started watching. I was like, oh, I've got one of those machines. Let me see how this all works. And that's when I got into embroidery. And I began to realize the instant gratification that you get from machine mm-hmm. embroidery, right. provided you know what you're doing. You can also have instant extreme frustration. <laughs> I was going to ask, how did that first uh, machine embroidered project turn out? What did you think of you the know, result? I didn't know at the time that your machine could only sew designs that would fit in that hoop. So I was in a quilt store one day and I saw it was called Cat's Meow from Lunchbox Quilts. It's an absolutely adorable wall hanging of these cats. And I said, oh, I want to make that. And it was really expensive. It was like 60 or $70. That thing's outrageous, you know, back then. Yeah, designs used to be super expensive. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to talk to Angie about that. Brought it home. And couldn't get any of the designs on the machine. And I was like, why? What is wrong? Like, it's not even in the manual that it says you cannot sew designs that are larger than a five by seven. (laughs) And all of these were a six by 10. I had no clue. So right then that gave me the first indication. There's a huge gap in the education of machine embroiderers. And that was I mean, I started looking into how can I resize it to make it fit? And that's when I realized you cannot really resize machine embroidery designs if you don't have some really expensive, fancy software. I didn't know anything about any of that. So then I I ended up selling that 770, which is unusual. I generally don't sell my machines. But then I got a... um, a Baby Lock Elegante 2, mm. which gave me the larger hoop. Then I got a Quattro, a Brother Quattro, which had two upgrades in it. So it thought it was a Brother Dream machine. Oh, nice. Yeah, a little scanning camera. That was my first introduction to the camera system. And it just it just exploded from there. I couldn't get enough of... And that was about the time, I think, that in the hoop projects were starting to be something that were very cool, yeah. you know, that you would want to make. So... And yeah, more, was, more of that instant gratification thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, this was back in 2019, and I had purchased a cover stitch machine, which is a sewing machine that will, if you look at the bottom of a knit shirt, like the shirt, you know, a t-shirt, for instance, right, right, right. it's got two lines of sewing on the outside, and then on the back, it's it's covered, and there's a, a like it looks like a surge stitch right, that covered right. the end. Well, I got that machine and I was like, well, I don't know how to use this. So again, I went to what I call YouTube University <laughs> and I found the lady, Joy Bernhardt, who had just got one and she started using it. And over time, so this would have been like, oh gosh, 2012, okay, 2013. Yeah. Over time, um, she and I actually became online friends and then in-person friends. And she had a YouTube channel. And she's the one who encouraged me to start mine. So I did. And that's how I got on YouTube. I love it. So, you know, you started out, I guess, your mom sewing clothes. You you, you took these home ec classes where I assume most of that sewing was uh, either home decor or clothes. You got into quilting through Jenny and then bought yourself a, an embroidery machine. But what do you like to sew? What's the thing that you gravitate to and do the most of? I like applique quilts. Those are my thing. Yeah. I specialize. So when I was in the Air Force, you start as an airman and then they get you into management. And then once you get into management, they teach you how to teach people. 
Uh-huh. You have to take someone, the extremely uninitiated, and turn them into a productive and resourceful and responsible airman. And they teach you how to teach young people. And so I've done many, many years and years of instructing in the Air Force, not just one-on-one with people for OJT, on-the-job training, Mm -hmm. but standing in front of a classroom and actually teaching people how to do any certain thing. And so the, the Air Force also made sure that I was trained as well in all kinds of technology. Mm-hmm. So I was around in the Air Force before computers came around, you know, heavy use. And then by the time I was done with my civilian career, I was in charge of cybersecurity for the Air Force Personnel Center at Randolph oh, Air wow. Force. And uh, so neck deep in computers and understanding how they think and understanding how they work and all of that kind of stuff of all different types. And so when I started this whole process, the machine embroidery uses the computer a lot, whether it's the software that you use to make the designs Mm -hmm. or it's the software in the machines to stitch them out. Right. And so one of the things, and I'm in the middle right now of doing a quilt by Lori Holt called Chicken Salad. And Lori uses a very different, unique method of appliqueing these chickens on. She's got about a dozen chickens that are in this quilt. (laughs) And I like to take paper applique patterns and scan them into the Brother Scan and Cut. And then that file that is created by the Scan and Cut goes into another software program called Simply Applique, which Mm -hmm. is a module inside of BES4. And what that does it, with the literally the click of one button, that program turns that scanned paper image into a placement stitch, a tack down stitch, and a final satin or blanket or motif or whatever you want. Awesome. So you're and using that technology primarily in your applique quilting. Absolutely. I Once I figured out how to do that, I don't look at applique quilts the same ever again. The idea of putting it on with heat and bond and then stitch, stitch, stop, turn, stitch, stop, turn with a regular sewing machine. No way. I am not going to do that. (laughs) That's That's, why I'm power tools. Come on, Becky. That's not therapeutic for you. No, what's therapeutic for me is watching that machine go all the way around doing a blanket stitch. And it is absolutely perfect every time. That's what's therapeutic. I love so that. because of the technology that the Air Force taught me and the way to embrace it and work with it and think outside the box, well, that didn't work like that. So what other way will that you know, work? And that's primarily what I do a lot on my channel is, you know, there's a load of amazing quilters out there on the internet, and I'm not one of them. I'm not a (laughs) fabulous, great quilter, but I carry my own with some embroidery, you know. You you can program it into the machine, right? You betcha. Yeah. No, I'm not a digitizer at all. My mother, I mentioned she's left-handed. She's the artist in the family, and I am not. And that's why I went in the military, so they would dress me. I don't (laughs) I'm not good at matching patterns or fabrics or any of that. And I've made a lot of ugly stuff in my career. (laughs) But again, you know, but somebody, if I I know what I like, and when I see it in a store, I can go, oh, I want to make that. And I found out over the course of having my channel, there are thousands and thousands of people like me out there. 
Mm. that they don't know what to make either, but they see somebody making it and I tell them, oh, here, here's a fabric kit. You can get your fabric kit here so it'll look just like this. And you can go here and get your design and it'll look like this and let's do it together. And they love it. And the greatest joy I get is seeing all of their projects pop up in our Facebook group or on Instagram or something that they've done themselves. And the amount of email I get from the 80-year-old great grandmother who says, I can't believe I'm using this software. That's you fantastic. Know, she, yeah, it really, really is. Those skills that you learned in the Air Force have translated well, right? Yeah, you know? did. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I guess going in was a good thing. <laughs> so. well, me, through these interviews that I've done, I always realize that a lot of folks that are in this industry that love to create things with their hands tend to be gift givers of those things. Do you often give handmade things as gifts? And, and if so, does, does any particular one of those stick out to you that was particularly meaningful? Well, I've donated a lot of quilts to like, we've got a house down in a, a coastal house down in Port O'Connor, Texas. Mm. That's probably about halfway between Corpus Christi in Houston, right on the tip of the Matagorda Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. And there's a volunteer fire department down there. It's a little bitty town. It's just a little fishing village. And so I've donated quilts, man quilts is what I call them. I donate those to the, the fire department. They have an annual fundraiser, you know, where you drive your car through and they shove a plate of uh, brisket and beans in your window and and they have a live auction and that kind of thing. And, and I, I do that. And then I also donate quilts to, there's an organization here in Texas called CASA. Mm-hmm. And they work with the foster children. Children's, that are, or kids children's that are advocates. The foster. Yes. And they accept uh, children's quilts somewhat. And I love making kids quilts. My grandchildren are 10, 8, and 5. But they're in Colorado Springs and they have loads of quilts already. And so I just, you know, I'll donate to to that because I'm again, how many quilts does one person need? <laughs> but yeah, I just I donate them either for other charities to make money with them or to give to someone in need is but, is definitely what I do. Such a prevailing um, giving spirit within our entire industry. That's a, another theme that I hear a lot about. You know, so many good people do so many good things. Uh, I can't say it enough. Every time I, I talk to somebody within the industry who's made a career out of it, it's just one of the things I think sticks out is, is how generous the industry is in general. And uh, it's one of the things that keep people in it. You know, I look around and, and I mean, I've been in this industry for, for nearly 30 years and, uh, you know, it's like, there's a lot of folks out there like that because I think it's just a bunch of good people, both, both on the industry side. And of course our consumer base just seem to be sort of, I don't know, the salt of the earth kind of people. They are. I, I think they are generally people who like working with their hands are, are givers. I, you know, I, I believe in the giving spirit, all of humanity. You know, there's always there's always another charity. There's always, you know, they do, I greatly respect the Fat Quarter Shop because they do, the, is it the Children's Miracle Network or is they, they do a gift quilt? Yeah. Know, or Ronald McDonald. I can't remember. It's right off the top of my head right now. But, you know, at any time there's, you know, fires somewhere and people need quilts or whatever, you'll, you'll hear of a shop up in the great Northwest that's accepting all these quilts now because right. people are, have been displaced from their homes. And 
and that kind of thing. Oh, make a wish. That's what it yeah, is. Make a wish foundation. There you driving go. Driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that's true. I, you know, again, I'm not one of those people to just pile hundreds of quilts in my house. For what reason? I, right. I don't get rid of believe those it or things. Not, I'm a, I'm a bit of a minimalist when it comes to that. Believe it or not. <laughs> Less inventory. Is Except better. when it that comes to your, to your fabric. No. Are your, are your sewing machines, right? You can't get that's rid of right. those. <laughs> well, so, you know, when I took you around the room here on the video portion, you notice my machines all have special purposes. Yeah. I like I like specialized machines. You know, my my dad was an aircraft maintenance guy at Randolph and he was like, use the right tool for the job, girl. That's and right. uh, so that's why I have a different machine for piecing and I have the multi-needle and I have the the single needle machines and that kind of thing. So yeah. Cool. Got to use the right so, machine. So besides your sewing machines and your fabric, what are some of your favorite things to use in your sewing? Like, you know, what what is it that's sort of your nifty gadget, your thing that you just can't live without? Oh, the scan and cut. Yeah. I I think the scan and cut is is you know, I really admire what Brother is doing with the technology that they're using because the newer scan and cuts that are out there, I don't have one of those. I've got the SDX 225. But Brother realized that creators want the ability to cut fabric. So the scan and cut originally was for vinyl and paper crafters. Mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. That's not me. I, I have zero desire to do any of that. But brother got on board with the fabric crafter. And so I really like, especially those quilters that are having dexterity issues, mm-hmm. as we all, you know, will do someday. The scan and cut. When those knuckles it, start getting kind of wider. And- <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always easy to run a rotary cutter. And um, so it precisely cuts out applique pieces. It will precisely cut out your quilt pieces and even draw a quarter inch seam allowance on it if you want. But I, to me, that really is a go-to tool mm. in my sewing room. And then, uh, because I don't want to cut out applique pieces, that's not any fun. And usually when I cut it out, it looks like a four-year-old did it <laughs> with those little rounded tip scissors. So now the newer scan and cut models actually talk to the Brother Luminaire. And that's amazing. So you can transfer designs back and forth to create applique from the Luminaire into the scan and cut and or take a take an applique shape from the scan and cut and bounce it over into the Luminaire and have that turn it into applique for you. The possibilities are endless. It's just incredible what they're doing with that. And I just love the technology and I'm embracing it. And, you know, I'm the first one to jump in and how can I do this? And how's that work? And how can I apply that in my sewing room? And, you know, that that's, you say what makes you sew. That's what really motivates me is to play with all that tech and say, how can I make this work? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those machines have, uh, have intrigued me ever since I first saw them come out. And it's like, man, I sure, (laughs) I look at those and think, man, I would like to try that. Like that, that looks so neat. Like I want to be able to cut with that. Uh, oh, the, the cutting machine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The scanning so cuts. I, I had another cutting machine before this one. And, you know, in the sake of being professional, I won't say what it was, 
but it didn't scan. And that's Mm. the trick right there is being able to put fabric on a mat, first of all, to be able to scan in a paper pattern. Mm -hmm. And then the image comes up. You can also upload that to the Brother Canvas workspace so you can play with it on your computer and a bigger screen if you want and then download it again back to the machine for cutting. But then you can put the fabric on the mat and tell it, you know, cut here. The the, the machine wow. takes up and you know you're not going to miss part of your design because you saw it. Yeah. And it's it, it's wonderful. It's it's a completely different technology from the other cutting machine brands that are out there. And I I really um, yeah, it's definitely a thing. And then the multi needle changed my life. That that's the uh, this the, I've got the brother PR ten fifty five Entrepreneur Pro. Nice. Um, that's the new one. And is that a, is that a six needle or a, a nine it's needle? A, it's a ten. Ten needle. It's a ten needle. Yeah. And when you are doing uh, embroidery designs that have got, you know, geez, six, eight, 10, 12, 10, 10 threads max. And I've done some that have more and I've actually done, and then this is the nerd in me. I'll create a spreadsheet to figure out which threads do I need to use last. <laughs> I love it. So that I can run all 10 of them at per, you know, at once. And then I'll put the last ones on so that they, they stitch last and I can do it all on one machine. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously you've had a couple of careers you've liked to do. It sounds like so many different things with sewing, you know, how do you look at sewing in terms of how it is created opportunities that enrich your life? I mean, you, you know, what, what sort of next or what is your big vision there? I mean, clearly this is more than just a hobby for you at this point. You know, you're not just in this because you're retired and have nothing else to do. You're, you're, you're building something here. I, I think so. Yeah. This, so I'm eight to 10, 12 hours a day in this room. This is what, this is where I spend. I mean, it was worth the investment according to my husband to uh, modify this, this use, my sewing space used to be a two car garage and now it is a full on sewing studio. That's 400 square feet. And what you're, you're right. What started out as a harmless little hobby. I think there's a t-shirt about that or something, (laughs) but so goals, I want power tools with thread to be known in every guild and quilt shop across the country. And I want to get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're listening, nice. please subscribe. And uh, just for the plaque, that's the only reason. YouTube sends you a plaque once you hit 100,000. <laughs> After that, it's all downhill. No, I, and it's been amazing. Um, and it's not just limited to in the sewing room. Anybody who watches my channel knows we, uh, we purchased a motorhome. We've got a 2011 Winnebago tour and we have taken it last summer. We took it all the way up to Moscow, Idaho, and all along the way, stopping at quilt stores and learning about the people who make this industry go from the ground level. And it's just, it's amazing. I I run into the neatest, most incredible people uh, in in this industry, and I like promoting their stores. I like promoting women-owned businesses that are usually, those quilt stores are. Right, right. But um, I, I really like 
getting to know the people in the industry and what, where, how they started. So just like you're interviewing me, I interview them. Yeah. And, and it's more than just, you know, when did you make your first quilt? I mean, we all know, you know, everybody has a different answer, but I'm like you, I want to know what makes them tick. Yeah. What is it behind, you know, and then they take me through their stores and it's, it's incredible. I've interviewed everybody from, I make my own hand embroidery thread from the alpaca outback to, yeah, to um, a lady who had, had a spinning wheel in her motor home, ran into them, you know, and then um, another lady, we were in Raton, New Mexico of all places. And I thought it was a quilt store and come to find out she had seven or eight little girls in there. She was teaching sewing for free in her store. Yeah. And, and so then from there, my viewers, several of them have packed up their cars with their own extra fabric and headed to Raton, New Mexico to take boxes of fabric and machines and all kinds of, yeah. And it's just such a great, great thing to do that. So uh, April 24th, we're taking off again and we are heading down to Key West. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll find a lot of sewing stores on your way down to Florida. That's for sure. All the way up yep. and down the Florida coast. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. I can't wait. Yeah, you should, absolutely. You should, you should hit up some of those folks to see if you can teach in their stores. <laughs> I'll be doing some demos in Shirts, Texas at Scrappy Quilter on April 1st. I've okay. got that. Yeah. So doing some, they're doing a shop hop and asked me, that's my, that's my home quilt store. My local okay. quilt store. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, you kind of hit on this already, but I, I know, um, and you, you said it and I always like to work this into the conversation, but there are so many accomplished women, especially in this business. I mean, there, there are some, some male, folks out there that are known, you know, for teaching in the sewing industry. One of our very own Eric Drexler and um, is, is an educator in the business and does a great job and is known, but, you know, I'm always so impressed by the number of strong, accomplished, smart women in this business. And I always like to ask, you know, are, you know, you, you mentioned Jenny Dome, but are there any other, sewist out there or people, maybe somebody that we don't even know that really have influenced you along the way or helped you in some way along the way that uh, just, just particularly stands out to you. I, I think, well, I have to, because I come at this again, like you mentioned differently than a hobby sewist. Okay. Your own Leanne Jones. Mm-hmm. She is with Selkie and she and I have chatted and just listening to her, you know, to have people from a company like Selkie have faith in me to reach out to me is incredible to me. That, that validates to me that whatever I'm doing, not sure what it is, but whatever I'm doing, there's something there. And, um, there's just, you know, uh, Deborah Jones. She works mm. with designs and machine embroidery. Love Deborah. Long time uh, friends. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Eileen, she doesn't know who I am. She might coming up. We're going to do an event. But, um, you know, Eileen Roche is huge in the industry. Yeah. And giant. You know, giant. Yeah. Superstar, mega superstar. I was actually 
that was one of the very first things I ever did on my channel was I, uh, I had a subscription to Designs and Machine Embroidery magazine, and they came out with the free Trapunto table runner. And I wanted to do a video on how to do that. And so I emailed Dime and asked, would that be okay for me to demo how to make this on my channel? I think that might have been the first video to tutorial oh, wow. that I ever did. And she, Eileen Roche, called me back. On my, I about fell over. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe you're calling me. She thanked me for uh, even asking the question because you know that the theft of intellectual property in this industry is ginormous. Rampant. Rampant. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, I I just, and sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes people just want to be nice, but other times, yes, I know. Julie Tree from Designs by Juju. She is an incredible businesswoman and she owns a huge embroidery company. You know, they just acquired itch to stitch. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really neat. I've just been around them. And then, and then I have very, very good friends of mine that are incredible, phenomenal quilters. And I learned from them. I, I, I learn a lot from them and I love that they're a sounding board for me that I can bounce something past them. What do you think of this? I love having friends that are honest with me, mm-hmm. you know, that say, no, that makes you look fat. You shouldn't wear that, you know? <laughs> but they never tell you that, of course. <laughs> yeah, they do. I ask them, does this make me look fat? She's like, maybe you want to try something else. I love it. But uh, I mentioned to you before we started the recording um, and everybody here will hear it first. I just signed a contract to be an ambassador and an educator with Grace Company. That that is wonderful. Congratulations on that. Uh, Thank you. That's quite an honor. I'm very excited about that. So I will be, I will be getting, yeah, I've heard nothing but amazing things about them. And uh, I've had several people in the industry that I respect and admire tell me that we will be a good fit together. So they are looking for educators and uh, that's, that's kind of my niche. And yeah. like I said, I'm not a great quilter, but I'm pretty good with using a robot on a quilt machine. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So tell me, you know, is there something that you haven't done yet? I mean, we've talked about all sorts of disciplines here within the sewing arena, but is there a particular thing that's kind of on your sewing bucket list that you've yet to try and that you've been telling yourself, man, I really want to try this. I want to do that. No, I, I generally do whatever strikes my fancy, you know. Well, there's a ton of projects that I've got that I haven't done. There's that. I, I, I'm living the dream. I literally am living the dream. I mean, I got to go through a tour of, of Kimberbell of all places and had Kimberly um, and her husband, Ryan themselves take me through their entire warehouse. And that was, that was incredible. Um, I, another, I'm a, I'm a, another group of great people. You, you've run into all the good people. Out I there. Have, I'm a, yeah. I'm an industry nerd. You know, I'm a fabric nerd. I'm a machine nerd. I'm an industry nerd. And I just really like to, I want to know what makes them tick as well. So no, uh, there's, there's not a discipline. I don't think that, cause I have zero desire to hand stitch. You will never see me with a needle in my hand doing that. Um, I admire those people that can, but just the thought of hemming a quilt by, or binding a quilt by hemming, listen to me, binding a quilt by hand, um, makes my fingers ache. 
but uh, you know, some people get a lot of uh, therapy from it. That's, that's not me. I want to whip it through on the machine and get it done. I got you're, other things to do and more fabric to play with. <laughs> you're, you're one of those that uh, likes to call handwork a four letter word, right? Oh man, I, that is not me. Yeah. It just uh, no desire whatsoever, but no, I, I like playing with gadgets and, and all the machines and all of that. So I don't, I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I want to get into that I haven't. I don't think so. No. Well, how about, how about this? When you aren't sewing, what might we find Becky doing? What, what do you, you know, what would we see you doing on your social media that's not sewing related that you like to share with the world? I generally don't put that on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, gosh, so much of my life revolves around this passion of mine. I'm, I'm the navigator when we travel. So okay. I'm the one who figures out, you know, I'm the, I'm the cruise director or the travel planner. Oh, I do. I would love to do, I would love to do a, a cruise with my viewers. I would love okay. to do an RV get together with uh, anybody who wants to come and sew and embroider. And I have been in a conversation with the folks at All Brands, John Douthit. Yeah, He's yeah. a neighbor of yours there in yeah. Southern Louisiana. But um, yeah, to to get anybody who wants to, to get together and we'll hang out in the rally hall at an RV resort and just sew and visit and do projects. and Make it happen, wants, Becky. Make it happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. Why don't you set that all up for me? Would you mind? <laughs> so... And we can but, we can uh, we can supply some materials for it, but uh. there we go. All right, I'm going to hold y'all to that. But um, yeah, so that that is one thing I would like I would definitely like to do. But yeah, so I'm the I I'm right now I'm in the middle of doing um, the travel planning for down to the Keys and back home. We've got some places we need to hit. I'm very busy with the daughters of the American Revolution. I'm a I'm oh. an ans- I'm a descendant of the founders of our country. So I'm the regent for my local chapter. So that keeps me civically involved and, uh, Very and, cool. and real busy. Thank you. And then I've got a husband and two dogs and that's, you know, and my, my, uh, my son's a pastor and he has gotten into the business with us. So we have a, a small store site and my husband likes to spin seam rippers out of uh, acrylic. So oh, he makes, nice. yeah, he has a lathe. And he does beautiful work. And, and so that's Power Tools with Thread. Can I, can I plug the store? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. That's com. Do you guys have a, a, a wholesale business for that at all? Nope. Or only, only no. selling retail? Yeah. Only selling retail. Stuff we make here at home. Yeah, I don't do any kind of purchasing of other wholesale things. So he makes the seam rippers, stiletto combos, and then I have gotten into trying to make uh, cool, get cool things for your sewing room. So inspirational sewing t-shirts and USBs for your embroidery machines. And they all say power tools with thread on them and coffee mugs and all that kind of stuff. And then my son is a woodworker and he started making ruler racks. Okay. To to store quilting rulers, and we can't keep them on the shelf. It's nice. it's crazy. 
Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Well, very cool. Yeah. So kind of always like to end uh, the podcast with this one question. You know, I've kind of always said as an industry that, you know, we really aren't selling fabric and threads and notions, uh, you know, et cetera. But what we're really selling is this sort of feeling of accomplishment and satisfaction that comes with creating. Would you agree with that? And, and if so, how has that sort of manifested itself in, in your own life through through your sewing? I, I didn't realize there was such a thing as an online influencer until I got a 1099 from Google. <laughs> so I... I absolutely agree with you, but I like to think that what I sell is inspiration. Mm. I like people to see, you know, I usually will start a video going here. I made this and you, um, let me show you how to do that. Just like Jenny taught me. Mm. And uh, I, I really like, you know, especially I, I've heard heartbreaking stories of women who just lost their husbands. Mm. and or a child or or something and or a parent and they are in the depths of grief or depression and really really horrible things and i remember i'm an only child and i remember when i lost my my dad in 2014 it was sewing that got me through dealing with that in the initial aftermath of when he passed. You know, there's there's a period of time, everybody knows there's a period of time after a death, it's about two weeks or three weeks long where there's hurry up and wait for all of the processes that have mm-hmm. to go through mm-hmm. when, when people do that. And it was my mind being able to make my hands work at the machine and just mindlessly I don't know mindlessly so much, but following a pattern, getting my hands, I was thinking about doing this instead of wallowing in my despair at the Mm -hmm. time, which you know will pass, but you need something to get you through that. And to me, you know, when I get these things, I I get letters, the most incredible letters from these these women who say, you know, I, I was lost and you inspired me to go into my sewing room and start again. And it just brought me back from a very dark place mm. that does something to me that you just could not imagine. And it's the most incredible thing. And so I sell I like to sell inspiration. That's that's what I want and have that inspiration, like like you said, turn into something that brings happiness and joy. Man. So I, yeah, it's me. I, I can't think of a of a better way to end this podcast episode than than on that note. You know, we we see that and we hear that so much from people that are in this industry, and I'm so glad to hear you say the same thing and to want to share that with uh, with everyone out there. That's exactly um, what we'd like to do with our customers, and and so you're right there in that same spirit, and and, and we love it. So you know, thank you, Becky, for being on today and for sharing your story and all about your business. And again, just one more time so that, that our customers can know where they can find out more about you, about your business and see all that you have to offer. The website is powertoolswiththread.com, correct? Yes, that is my blog. And then you can go to YouTube's search and type in Power Tools with Thread. And I should come up pretty close to the Stanley or the Black & Decker. 
Fantastic. I love it. Well, awesome. Thanks again for being on with us today. And we hope to see you on the road somewhere sometime in the future. Oh, that'd be that'd be my pleasure. Thank you, Jason, for having me on. I have just really enjoyed this. This has been a lot of fun. And as I tell all of my viewers, you guys, go sow something. Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and join us again for more fun stories that are sure to inspire your creativity. You can find more info and links for today's episode at sewingonline.sulky.com. 